Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. Good morning. It is so good to see you. I hope you're having a great morning. What an amazing time of worship. And uh, man, that host that gave us the announcements, she was great. She was really good. Well, 2022, we have entered into it. Last week, we spent some time celebrating everything that we did in 2021, which, you know, I'm just so glad that we have a church that is willing to put our faith on the line and and do whatever it takes to reach this community for Christ, to continue to move forward, regardless of the circumstances in our world. And I'm proud of you. I'm proud of the, the heartbeat of this church. And as we continue to develop the culture, as we continue to develop the DNA of who we are and um, all those kinds of things, we are becoming a church that is not just a a gathering um, of religiosity. We're we're a church that is is becoming a a relational church, a church that cares about our community, a church that cares about each other, and a church that wants to move and reach um, people for Christ. Amen? Amen. I'm excited about that. We're starting a series this week called Why Not Us? Why Not Us? And I love this title because really it simply says that um, we aren't just the little people. We aren't just the people that are kind of watching everybody else have a good time, watching everybody else succeed, watching everybody else um, get to where they want to go or experience the power of God in their lives. We're not that church that is just sitting back and going, oh, let's let the big, big people do their things. And let's, I, I think there's too much of that mentality. There's too much of that mentality in our world. There's too much complacency and, and kind of apathy and saying, let everybody else do the work. Um, we're not going to do that. We're just going to sit back and we're going to make sure that we get into heaven. That's, that's not us. That's not us. In fact, what we want to say is, why not us? Why can't we be the people that are a part of seeing something amazing happen? Why can't we be those people that are helping the the community better itself by, one, accepting Christ as their Lord and Savior, and two, doing great things for the people that can't help themselves? Now, I realize that 2022 is starting off much like 2021. And for some of us, that may be discouraging. I know there's some people online, um, some people at home that are fighting COVID right now. God bless you. We're praying for you. We know that God is going to bring you through. We're blessed to have Julia and Joel back. They uh, fought off COVID. I'm excited about that. And if you are uh, or any of your family members are dealing with it, uh, God bless you. I've been through it, and I know it's painful. I know it's difficult. And uh, God is present with you, and he will uh, bring health and healing to you in his perfect will. And so, but um, we have those COVID fears and realities. We're dealing with challenges with jobs and income. That's all being impacted again. Uh, More isolation than connection. We're all kind of staying away from each other to some degree. I admire you guys, the bravery of coming to church today. That's awesome. There's uncertainty in almost every and anything that we used to have clarity from we are uncertain about now we don't i mean from everything from finances to government to culture to all these kinds of things there's this lack of clarity and who or what to believe is unclear 
Who or what to believe is unclear in every angle and from all sides. We get all this information and everybody kind of has uh, a counterpoint to the point that you, we kind of lean this way. Oh, no, we got to lean this way. It's pretty crazy. It's just plain crazy. And I believe that what today we need is a clear and understandable vision for our lives. And that vision will bring certainty. That vision will bring clarity. That vision will bring a sense of purpose. That vision will bring a sense of reality to some crazy stuff that's going on in our lives. If I'm on a boat and I know the captain of the boat is experienced in, a, in, in calm or rough storm, then I'm comfortable on that boat knowing that that captain is going to bring us through. I need something. I need, our, I need my confidence in something that's stable. I need my confidence in something that's, that, that uh, someone knows and understands how to get through life. And the only real person who knows that is God. Will you agree with me? The greatest need of the church and of the world today is to have a foundation of truth that never changes and never wavers no matter the circumstance. Did you hear that statement? The greatest need of the church, the greatest need of you and me and the world is to have a foundation of truth that never changes and never wavers in adversity. You and I must have a foundation that doesn't care what happens in a COVID world, that doesn't happen what happens in an inflated world, that doesn't care what happens in a crazy government world. It doesn't matter whatever happens, no matter what side of the fence or line or Democrat, Republican, it doesn't matter. What matters is the foundation that we have that is going to keep us in the direction that God wants us to go. And there's not a thing... There's not a thing that can rock us off this path that God is setting us on. That God is setting us on. We need to know that God is God and we are not. Right? He's God and we are not. That's a really important confession to make right off the bat. If we are confused about that statement, then you have a very confused life. And you'll be deeply disappointed at the end of it. God is able to do anything. We need to know that. Did you hear that? God is able to do anything. Far and above what we could ask, think, or imagine. We sang that song. God is able. He's enough. God is able to do anything that He wants. And He can do anything that He wants in our lives. Amen? He, is, he can do the impossible. He can make the simple. He can, he can have it all. He can put it all together for us. We need to know that God's love cannot be impeded by the thoughtless acts of humanity. There's not a person in this room, and we sang this song, that God is coming after you. He loves you. There's not a thing. The Bible says that you can't be separated from God's love. He loves you, cares deeply about you, and will do everything he can to put everything in your way to make sure that you have an opportunity to know his love and more importantly, and most importantly, to know Him and, and His love for you. We need to know that God is ultimately in control of the beginning and the end of our lives and everything in between. You might be thinking, well, I've, I've got the reins. I've got, I'm in the driver's seat. Um, you'll, you might want to think that. But I've lived enough life. I've lived 60 years now, and I 
understand that God is in control. Not only that is he in control, but he's involved. He's connected to every circumstance in my life. He's connected to every situation. He's connected to everything. And if I will release those things to him, then they become supernatural things. They become great things. We need to know that God sent his son to die on a cross so that we could have life and life eternal. And we need to know that God will be the victor in this world and in the world to come. We're not on a losing team. Let's stop living that way. If these are all true about God, then why not us? We need to know that God is a miraculous God. He's an all-powerful God. There is not a thing that he is incapable of doing or can't get involved in or, or, or change the trajectory of life or challenge our circumstance or provide a miracle that needs to be provided. He's not beyond any of that. We need to know that, and because we know that, why not us? Why can't we live God-sized lives? This is what I want. I hope you walk out of here and into that heaven where Menudo and Pozole will be. But more importantly, what I hope you walk out with today is a commitment to live a God-sized life. A life that encapsulates your faith in God's bigness, not your perspective of what you think he's capable of, but what he thinks he's capable of. We have many doubts about God. We have many fears about God. We, have, we don't understand everything about him, but we do know this one thing, that with a breath, he can speak the worlds into existence. With a breath, he can forgive us. With a breath, he can love us. With a breath, he can do a miracle. And so why not us? Why can't we live God-sized lives? I don't want to be a spectator. I don't want to watch other lives go, oh man, look at God do that over there. I want to see him do that right here. I want to see him do it in my life. I want to see him do it in your life. Why can't we be the people praying and asking God to do his God-sized acts? There was a, a church, Bethel Church, up in Redding, um, California. It's been criticized a lot. It's been put down a lot. It's been challenged a lot for its theological perspectives. And I'm not sure I embrace everything that they, they teach or think, but the one thing that I appreciate about them is that they're not afraid to put their faith in God. They prayed for a little baby that had died. They prayed that that baby would be raised from the dead. Now, I, that baby was not raised from the dead. But what I admire is that they prayed that he would. We have to have that kind of faith. We have to have that faith that says, I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know if it's going to work. I don't know. I don't have it all put together. But I know that God is able to do above and beyond what I could ever ask or think or imagine. And I have a crazy imagination. I can, I can imagine crazy stuff, but God's bigger than that. And so let's have God-sized acts in our life, Right? God-sized miracles, God-sized power moments. Why can't we be the people 
who see thousands come to Christ? Why can't we make a difference through building hundreds of churches around the world? Why can't we be the ones who, with a paid-off mortgage so we can use more of that money towards ministry? Why can't we be the ones who make a difference in the children of Ventura County? Why can't we be the ones who will see youth become world changers in our community? Why can't we be the ones who meet the needs of our county? Why can't we be the ones who pray and see miracles, deliverances, and healings? Why not us? Amen? There's a passage of scripture. I read it a week ago in John 14. It says this, Believe me when I say that I am, the, I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. And then Jesus said this to his disciples, and, he, and it was intended to be transferred to the disciples, to the disciples, to the disciples, centuries later, that are you and me. He said, Verily, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been done, and they, will be, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You ask, you ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. What? That's the kind of faith we have to have. This is the kind of trust that we have to put in God. We have to say, God, I believe you for miracles. God, I believe you to heal my COVID friends. God, I believe you to provide for this, this need that seems impossible. God, I believe I trust you, God, to do whatever you are capable and whatever is within your will. I pray that the power of the Holy Spirit moves so that we can see miracles and confirmation of God's presence in our lives. I believe that is the vision for our church. In 2022, our vision is not about the condition of the world. It is about the condition of man's heart. You need to hear this one. Our vision is not about the condition of the world. We're not trying to respond to the, 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 the weirdness of our world. We're not trying to respond to the things that are going on in our world and trying to, to make the government better or trying to make COVID go away or doing all these things. We're not in charge of those things. What we are in charge of and what we will respond to are the conditions of a man's heart that needs Jesus. You see, the church does not react to the situations of the world. We react to the, the condition of a man's heart because without Jesus, our heart is wicked. No matter how good or bad the world is going, our heart is wicked. And without Jesus, it won't get any better. You see, without Jesus, there is no forgiveness of sins, and the world is destined for hell. And so it doesn't do us any good to respond to the condition of the world without responding to the condition of the heart. You see, without Jesus, a man's heart will never know peace and contentment. And without Jesus, man will never know love, true love. We have to know and understand that the vision that God wants for his church is not to, to make everything better, but to respond to the man's heart and offer up Jesus the only answer that can heal our heart, that can give us hope, that can help us experience love, that can lead us into a direction where God is going to move on the lives of people. You see, the Bible said that Jesus didn't come to uh, defeat the, 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 the current government when he was here. He came to redeem the heart. 
He came to seek and to save people who were lost. He, he came to serve and not be served. Jesus was one of the most unique leaders ever because he didn't come like everybody thought he would. He came to address the condition of man's heart. He didn't fix the Roman Empire. He didn't overthrow the Roman Empire and, and give all the Israelites to, uh, to their leadership and, and overthrow everything. What he did is he went and died on a cross so that your heart and my heart and the heart of every human being would have the opportunity of having our sins forgiven and our, our, our eternal hope provided for. That's what it's all about. And so what I'm going to share with you today is what I believe is the next step. You've all been given, hopefully, a, a vision sheet. And what we call this sheet is the vision narrative. You'll get one of these every year. You hang around us for very long, you'll get a vision narrative, a story or a, kind of the picture of what our next step is. One of the things that people misunderstand about vision is uh, vision is not um, <clears throat> our mission. And I'll share with you our mission in just a moment. But vision is something, it's the next step in, in our, our development. It's the next step in where we're going as a church. It's the next step in the direction. And, and this is true of any company. This is true of any um, marriage. This is true of your parenting. This is true. You should have a vision for your life. Where is God leading you? What is he uh, wanting you to do? What is he wanting you to, to where? And what's the picture the preferred future for where you're going to be. And if you don't have that target, the, the, the famous statement that says, um, you know, if you aim at nothing, you're bound to hit it. Right? Um, we will never do that as a church as long as I'm leading here because we will always have a target and we will always be going in a direction, hopefully growing as we go and understanding more and more about what God wants for us, but we'll always be going in a direction that God is leading us. And I believe I spent um, <clears throat> the, the beginning of December, I spent a week up at Casitas in my trailer and uh, just camping out and, and praying and asking God for clarity and vision and an understanding of the next step for our church. And I believe what is a culmination of this and our, our, our entire team is to see this direction uh, take place and see this, these next steps happen. Why do I believe that uh, vision is so important? Is because of what, what uh, Leanna mentioned earlier. In Proverbs 29, 18, it says, Where there is no revelation or vision, people cast off restraint. But blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. So what this passage basically says, and I've experienced this very, very, in a very unique way, is when there is no vision, there are no guardrails to keep us on the path. When the vision helps everyone go in the same direction, not in uniformity or conformity, but in, in, in unity. We're all going in the same direction. We maintain our identities, we maintain our, maintain our uniqueness, but all those identities and uniqueness are used to get to where we're going. That's what vision is. And so when, we, when it says, when there's no revelation, people cast off restraint, what happens is, if there's no vision, then everybody gets a vision and everybody does whatever they want. It's called anarchy. It's called chaos. It's called craziness. It's called ineffectiveness. It's called uh, a dispersion of, of energy because when there's this dispersion of energy, all the energy gets dispersed and nothing happens. 
Little things happen, but not anything significant or big. And so the goal is to give us vision and direction so that we're focused. And when you bring the focus in, the energy gets tunneled, uh, uh, put into this, 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 ener- this center. And when the center happens, it's powerful. And what happens even more in vision is the word synergy. Is when we all grow and we're all doing something together, the, the, the collective energy of us is so much bigger than what can happen on an individual basis. So that's the value of of vision. Vision unifies us. It enables a group of diverse people to work together to accomplish great things. It creates synergy, a power that can only happen when the the sum of our parts is, is greater than what we can be individually, and it provides focus. Those are the that's the power of vision. So I want to draw your attention now to your narrative. And I don't um Normally, we'd try and, and up the lights, but if the lights go on, it's like um, mole people. <clears throat> they come on really bright. So hang in there with me. What's on your page will be on the screen as well. Uh, Romans <clears throat> fifteen twenty is our passion verse. We call this our passion verse because it, it says what we want to be as a church. It has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. Rather, as it is written... Those who were not told about him will see, and those who have not heard will understand. This is why I've often been hindered from coming to you. You'll always hear me talk about this verse. I hope you don't ever get tired of it, but we'll continue to come back to it because this verse speaks to the heart of what we want to be as a church. We want everyone to understand that our goal is not to have transfer growth from other churches if you're from another church, we love you. We, we're glad you're here. If God's leading you here, that's awesome because we believe in the gifts and God bringing people together like that. But we want to reach people that have not yet experienced the love of, uh, and, and love of God. And so we want to do whatever we can to find space and energy and, and, and direction to find people that have yet to hear about God's love, grace, and forgiveness. And in verse 22, it says, this is why I've often been hindered from coming to you. Paul was hindered from coming to the Romans because he had the gospel to share. And I usually use this little illustration that if you, are, if you have an opportunity on a Sunday morning and somebody invites you over to their house and they're not saved, and they say, hey, why don't you come on over and hang out with us because there's a 10 o'clock football game on that we want to watch and, and we want you to be there. I would rather you be there than here. I would rather you be hindered from coming to church so that you can reach somebody for Christ. That's what it's about. Now, I know that's crazy, and I don't want everybody watching a 10 o'clock football game every Sunday. (laughs) And not too many pastors would say that to a congregation, but I believe that's the heartbeat of the gospel. Is that if God is calling you to influence somebody that doesn't know Jesus, take that opportunity. Seize that moment. Our mission statement is this. Journey Church Ventura exists to enter into the journeys of those who have yet to discover God's love, grace, and forgiveness, while at the same time developing fully devoted disciples of Christ. That's our mission. That's what we're all about. We want to enter into the journeys of people. And when we do, we go in there and we bring Jesus with us and we let Jesus do his thing. And that's the power of who we are as a church. 
That's why we want to get more and more involved in our community. That's why we want to get more and more involved in the world, is to do everything we can to reach people for Jesus. Now, this next set of things that, that I share with you, some of you are going to go, oh, that's amazing. And others of you are going to go, oh, I don't really care about that one. And that's okay. That's why we're diverse. God's going to place different little things on your heart, and hopefully, collectively, this vision will come together. So, what we do when we do a, a, a vision narrative is we see a church. We see us. And I put we in here because it's a we thing. It's not a Ricardo thing. The danger of any church is when it all becomes all about the pastor, and that's not what the intent is here. It's about the mission. It's about the goal. It's about the direction that God wants us to go. So when we say this, we're saying we see, we have a vision for a church of prayer who believes and acts in faithful prayer and fasting for those who have yet to discover God's love, grace, and forgiveness. Last year, we spent 80 days praying for people. Praying, specifically. And hopefully, we spent 365 days, but we focused on those days and had two, two uh, seasons of prayer in our church. Um, we see a church of prayer who prays for hurting, hopeless, and helpless people who need the miracles of healing, deliverance, and comfort. And here's a powerful reality. We want you to know that every Sunday, we will have people back here ready to pray with you, pray for you, and believe with you that God will do miracles of healing, deliverance, and whatever the need may be, He is able to bring uh, peace and comfort to your life. And so we see a church of prayer. We see a church that prays, that you pray in your, in, in your home. You we want more to happen outside these walls than inside these walls. And so our prayer is that you're praying as well on your own. And we'll give you the tools to do that. We see a church of groups who creates opportunities for anyone to mingle with each other in small groups. Groups that foster curiosity about Jesus as well as growth in our walks of faith. Groups that care for each other and live life together. Living life together is what it's all about. And it, it breeds um, um, unity. It breeds community. And groups are all about making friends and uh, all those kinds of things. As we grow larger, we have to continue to grow smaller. As we continue to, to, to gain uh, more people, we have to make sure that those people, every, all of us, are connected uniquely and intimately in some way, shape, or form with a group of other people that are growing in life. That are sharing life together. And we have to do that in groups. And so we see a church of groups. And we want everyone to be in a group. We want everyone to be in a discipleship group, in a, in a journey group. And uh, there's all kinds of opportunities. And those will start up again at the end of this month. <clears throat> we see a church of discipleship. And you'll see a great focus on this. A, a, a church who has clear and effective processes to assess the discipleship needs of people. Here's, here's how we view people. You need to hear this really clear. When someone walks through that door, we see not a stranger, not somebody who's a project. We see a, a disciple. We see somebody who is seeking or looking for an opportunity to know Jesus and to follow him. 
Because that's what a disciple is. He's a learner. He's a follower of Jesus. And what we want to do is do everything we can to help understand the needs of each person who walks in the doors. Because if you walk through these doors today, we made one assumption. That God's plan for you is that you're a disciple of Christ. And that's powerful. We see a church who has well-developed processes that effectively make disciples who make disciples. We want people making disciples on your own, not just us having programs for that, but all of us making disciples of another person. In fact, there's going to be an initiative about, uh, 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 just before Easter or after Easter called My Three. It's going to be My Three initiative, and everybody, we're going to challenge everybody to have three people that they're discipling, that they're influencing in a, in a relationship with Jesus. And that's very, very powerful. It's going to be a great experience for all of us. We see a church who helps people clearly understand the next steps of faith and integration into ministry uh, of Journey Church Ventura. And we see a church who has effective and efficient systems to make sure all people are well cared for and connected within the church. We would love to have this idea of discipleship is always making sure that we're caring for each other, we're caring for our community, and we're doing that in unique ways. And so we see a church of discipleship. We see a church full of volunteers. I see a church that is completely, everyone's volunteering. Everyone. There should be nobody on a, on a bench unless you're seeking, uh, you're, you're, you're taking your first steps in faith. And in those steps, uh, the eventuality is that the, the, I say this often, we're never more like Jesus than when we're serving people. And so when we're serving, we're, we're being like Jesus to people. And so we see a church who encourages people to find their place at Journey to serve at their full potential. We see a church who involves junior high, high school, and young adults in all aspects of ministry at, at, J, at Journey Church. And we see a church who encourages all people to serve within their giftings and talents, where no one sits on the sidelines or drives from the back seat. A church that is overflowing with well-trained volunteers who are passionate about serving God in the community and the church. Do you believe that? Are you with me? You guys okay? Everybody has a place. Everybody can give some time. Everybody, and, and I'm being bold about this because I believe it. The Bible says that he puts the body together so that we work together so that we can be fully capable of doing everything uh, that Jesus wants us to do. And if we don't do that, for everyone that doesn't serve, everyone that doesn't use their gifts, we are debilitating the body of Christ. And so the, the pressure's on. The pressure's on all of us to, to do what we're called to do. And um, God, God is faithful and will give you space and time and energy to do what God is calling you to do. We see a church full of children. Amen? We see a church full of children who partners with parents to disciple their children. A church who's committed to give parents the tools necessary to develop fully equipped disciples of Jesus. We believe that not only adults can be disciples, but so can children. We see a church who have, <clears throat> full of children who have attended Journey Church Ventura knowing scriptures that reinforce their faith by having the ability to quote them. These are very specific directions that uh, uh, Rebecca is, uh, Captain Rebecca is leading so that uh, our children will know certain scriptures that reinforce their faith. You hide it in their heart and they'll come back to it. 
We see a church full of children who have attended uh, JCV knowing how to lead someone to Christ. We want our children to know how to lead their friends to Christ. We also see a church full of children who have attended JCV being baptized with the full knowledge of their salvation. We see a church full of children in an irresistible environment for fourth and fifth graders. This is the next step for our children's ministry. Right now, our fourth and fifth graders meet with all of the children. We're creating a new new environment for them upstairs. We need leaders for this. But um, for fourth fourth and fifth graders, they need their space. They need... Uh, to identify in different ways instead of with the first graders. And so we're going to, and it's, we're going to call it the jetty. And um, they're going to go to the jetty and they're going to have a great time upstairs and in their own space, in their own place. And children feeling confident to express who they know God to be, not being swayed by pressure from peers or adults in their lives. They don't have a fear of the world or circumstances surrounding them because they have st- a strong foundation of faith. We see a church full of children. I'm excited about that. Here's something new, and this is a next step for Journey, is uh, we see a church full of youth, teenagers. We see a church full of youth who has a pastor who loves and leads students into a deep relationship with God and others. We're praying right now that God will do two things. One, provide the finances for a youth pastor, and second, help us find one. Okay, and so um, both of those are essential. And so uh, we're excited about that, but we see a church full of youth who has journey uh, groups for 6th through 9th, uh, I'm sorry, 6th through 12th grade students. These groups would establish meaningful discipleship relationships with students to develop the beginning of a youth ministry. And so we're excited about the next steps for our, our church as we develop a youth ministry in our church. And I'm very, very excited about that. Um, We see a church who worships while learning to authentically express our worship based on what we know about God. I believe that the deeper we know God, the better our worship gets. And it's a really powerful reality. We see a church who worships while learning to develop lives of worship. That we're not just worshiping on Sunday mornings for 30 minutes, but that we're worshiping all day long, every day, in all of our actions and the way we act. We see a church who worships and experiences freedom in worship and not being hindered by the physical. And that, in, in other words, not being hindered by the, the, what's going on in the room. We're free to worship. We're free to, if, if you didn't bounce a little bit at that song, even just the music alone, but the words were amazing. Um, Nadia Como too was a great song. Some of you missed it this morning, by the way, but you'll hear it at the end of the service today. It's a great song. But the freedom to worship. And then we see a church who worships and experiences the Spirit of God through worship. That's where we connect. That's where we really embrace and and experience the power of the Holy Spirit. Even during preaching, God is moving right now as we continue to share these thoughts about vision for the church. And so we see a church who worships and worships uh, with, with abandon. Just giving everything we've got. We see a church who appreciates and honors seniors. <laughs> yeah. And develops a culture of honor for our senior citizens as pillars of faith in our church and community. I believe this is an important value in our culture that we understand and always appreciate those who have gone before us, those shoulders on which we stand. And if we don't honor them, then I believe we're doing something that is not a, a healthy practice of uh, sidelining or thinking that our seniors 
have, done, have finished their work. They haven't. But they've done a lot of work before us. They've done a lot of work going before us. And if we don't honor our seniors, we're making a big mistake. <clears throat> Second to last, we see a church who is generous. We see a church who is generous and develops a generous heart for giving to the mission of the church. We believe that the heartbeat of the church um, <clears throat> and the funding of the church comes from the, 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 the passion to tithe and to give and to give generously. We believe uh, we see a church who is generous and tithes with faith and gives generously without fear. A church who overflows in blessing because of its generosity and giving and sacrifice. A church who can care for its own while generously serving the needs of our community and world. And we just believe that generosity is the key to allowing us to continue to move forward and seeing God do amazing things, not only in the, in the life of the church, but in your life, in my life. As we give beyond our tithe, that, that's where generosity kicks in. And that's where God begins to pour out more than we could ever imagine. And um, I, know, I know that money sometimes is a, a, a difficult topic to talk about, or it's a scary one, because we all live with it, and we all have bills to pay, and all those kinds of things. But let me tell you one thing that I will never shy away from. One, I firmly believe in tithing. And secondly, I believe in generosity, because as we give above and beyond, God gives above and beyond. And He does what He does. <clears throat> I see a church who is generous and relentlessly finds and fills the needs of Ventura County, unafraid to merge into the lives of those who think, live, and think differently. A church who is full of grace and truth, one who is unwilling to soften the gospel truth, but maintains a tender heart for all people in all circumstances. Yeah. I believe in the generosity of our church. And lastly, I believe in a church, uh, we see a church who cares. We see a church who cares about the needs of our local community and by serving its needs. We see, we see a church who cares about the gospel being spread around the world through its support of missions efforts. And I've had a lot of people ask me, what are we going to do for missions, Pastor? What are we going to do for missions? The first thing we're going to do for missions, and understand this, uh, Journey Cares. Journey Cares is our, 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 um, <clears throat> our fund, or if you will, our bucket that we're going to put money in to care for our local community and our global community. And in Journey Cares, in that bucket, we're going to um, care for our community through uh, things like um, <clears throat> our, our single mom's oil change, our Journey Cares support for hungry and hopeless people, um, Journey Cares toy drive that we partnered with with the Black Sheep this year, and um, our, our uh, global efforts will be to uh, go to Ecuador and build churches. One of my passions, one of my beliefs about the best thing we can do as, a, as mission supporters is to provide uh, churches for indigenous pastors who don't have a church or a building. Because once you provide a church building for a pastor overseas, they immediately have the ability to become a community center and a gospel center for that community. And it's a very powerful reality. I saw it happen in Haiti. I've seen it happen in the Philippines. I've seen it happen in South Africa. I've seen it happen um, in, in all around the world. I've been a part of building churches. And we're partnering with a ministry called uh, Builders International. And for about sixteen dollars to $17,000, we can build a church building almost anywhere in the world. And we get the privilege of not only buying that building, but going and building it. And it's a really cool experience. 
<clears throat> and that will be our focal point for now. I'm not saying that we won't focal, focus on things later, but for now, that's the focal point. And then lastly, in the vision for who, uh, uh, who we care for in our community, there are, are, there's a community right across the... the, the um, this is what the Lord put on my heart. Right across the freeway here is a huge community. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know what it's called, but it's right across the freeway here. Massive. Thousands of homes, hundreds of homes, and thousands of people. And that neighborhood, I've already started driving through it and praying for it. And I'm already seeing some needs that we can address. I'm already seeing how we can make ourselves known in that community. And this is the way to reach a community, is just to go in there and serve it. And do everything we can to reach it and touch it and minister to it. And um, I, I believe God's going to continue to develop dreams for that community. But it's a, it's a big, huge community. There's lots of communities around here. I also want to find one in Oxnard because I know we have a lot of Oxnard people. <clears throat> but we're going to focus because if we try and reach every neighborhood, that's going to be too much. And uh, we find one or two. And I think it's within our reach to be able to do some crazy things. The one part of a vision that I, I want to share with you is a, a crazy one in the, in the area of generosity that I forgot. And I said this earlier, we have a $3 million mortgage. And, and this is just raw material right here. We pay $16,000 a month for our mortgage. Now that's not an unreasonable number for a mortgage in a commercial building. But we do pay $11,500 in interest every month every month right now and my prayer my dream and this is a dream is to see that paid off somehow some way i don't have answers but i believe in a big god if you have answers let me know if you have a plan let me know if you see someone or know someone that uh has three mil to drop down let me know if God's going to provide that way, I believe it. I believe it because there's $11,500 that we could put towards, and actually $16,000 that we could put towards ministry needs. And I believe that could do something different and make a difference in our church. So here's the call to action. A vision is no good unless we put action to it. This vision has to be funded. This vision has to be uh, 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 provided for by people. There's any, any budget that you have in a church requires not just a, a money budget, but a people budget. And the people budget is actually more important and as, or as significant as the, the money budget. Because without people, we can't do people ministry. And so my call to you is not just to hear this big explanation of lots of things to do and lots of di direction we're going, but to buy in and to get in and to be all in. Find your place. Find where God wants you to be. Yeah, like I said earlier, some of this probably just bored you. Other parts of it were like, oh, yeah, that sounds good. Whatever it is, wherever it is that God is calling you to be a part of this vision, please let us know and get involved and, and be a part of seeing God do something amazing. All of this is about the condition of man's heart. All of this addresses the opportunities to open our doors 
wider and wider and wider to those that don't know Jesus. And I believe today God is calling us to this vision for this year. And we're going to see God do amazing things. We're going to see him do miracles. We're going to see him provide. We're going to see him uh, put us in places of influence and, and make change in lives. I believe that God is up to something so powerful. And we're on the edge of it that it's making the devil upset. Which I just love ticking that guy off. But don't, don't mistake ticking him off that he's just going to run away. He doesn't do that. He likes to cause all kinds of problems. And we're going to keep him out of, the, uh, out of it in the name of Jesus. And we're going to believe God to move in your lives, in our lives, in everyone's lives. But most importantly, we, we need to pray and pray hard that God will do everything he can. First to call us in, get us involved, and then go and make a difference. Go and make a difference because we want to address man's heart problems. Whatever's happening in our world, yeah, we can get involved and we can make a difference there, but the most, and the most important difference we need to make is man's heart condition. There's men and women out there, there's children and youth that need Jesus. And that's the best gift that we can provide as a church to our community. It's not just clean streets or a better, a, a, a better situation in their lives, but Jesus. And so, Lord, today we come to you with hearts completely open to your vision, to your plan, to realizing that, Lord, you came to seek and to save the lost. You came to address man's heart condition. Lord, we are desperately in need of you. We're desperately in need of you every single day, and we're grateful that we have found you as our Lord and Savior, but there's so many that don't know you. And today we pray that the power of your Holy Spirit would use us. Use us, God, to glorify your name in this community. Use us to reach young people and children and, and students and adults. Lord, use us to do everything we can to see fourth and fifth graders grow in their faith, to see kids learn and understand scriptures that support their faith. Help us, God, to honor seniors. Help us, God, to, to grow our discipleship uh, ministry so that people are making disciples. Lord, we pray that the power of your Holy Spirit would just fall on us. And help us not just see this as a vision, but as a calling. A non-negotiable calling to fulfill these are not just simple goals, but Lord, they're things that you're putting on our hearts so that we can accomplish your goal of reaching people for Jesus. I pray for the power of your spirit to fall on us today. Fall on us today. The call of God right now is simply to act, to get involved, to find your place to pray about your finances and how you can help fund things. Pray with us for the miracle of paying off our mortgage. All these things, everything that's on this sheet of paper that you have, I pray that you will just go home and pray over it and ask God where you belong in it. Because God is calling every single person in this room, every single person on this, uh, online, He's calling you to be involved. And I pray 
that you'll help make this vision a part of your life and help make it happen. God, we give you praise and honor for everything you're doing in our lives. We give you praise and honor for the glory that you want to shine through us. And I pray that this, this church, Lord, would be a bright and shining light everywhere we go. And that we would make a difference in this world. We give you thanks and praise for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.